fait, j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander allô quelque chose quoi Hello, welcome to Arts Week. I'm your host, Candy Hammond, and I wanted to take a show to talk about what's happening nationally regarding drag artists and performers because it's pretty alarming. And I'm honored to have two guests today Kaya Cristal, who is a drag performer artist working in Provincetown. And Steve DeRoche, who's associate editor of the province of Provincetown magazine. And um, thank you both for coming in to talk to me today. It's um, this has been eating away at me for months because I grew up on the Cape and drag has just always been kind of there. And I never really thought about it. And the fact that what was I? I've got to look at my notes here. There are apparently something like 32 bills pending across the country that could you know just outlaw the shows themselves and even make it a felony to you know to do anything that in drag so thank you for coming on to to talk and I just want to get each of you um I don't know who wants to go first you know Kaya or Steve um to talk about like what's your take on this it's and as a queen that performs in Provincetown, I got to tell you, it has been very eye-opening mm. is the word that I, the phrase that I've sort of come to in terms of doing all the research to figure out why this is happening, where this is happening and why it's happening now. Mm-hmm. So for me, I grew up Southern Baptist in Missouri and was very much brought up in a family where homosexuality, the idea of anything gay or queer or any of that was not necessarily frowned upon, but it just wasn't talked about. Mm. It was silenced. And so I didn't really get to experience anything in terms of like gay culture until I left high school, left my home in Missouri to come to Berklee College of Music in Boston. Oh, and, wow. That's and quite a change. I mean, wow, it was I such a culture imagine. shock. I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, going from a town of like maybe like 6,000 people and then maybe like 20,000 when college was in session to like over half a million people was insane. And at 18 years old, you know, fresh, green-eyed, you know, bushy-tailed, I was <laughs> to experience everything that it that that scene had to offer because I'd never experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. So to know that that could potentially be going away is mm-hmm. absolutely heartbreaking because there are so many people that I have met personally that were in my same shoes coming to college, coming from small towns and not just small towns in America, but small towns all over the world that had never experienced queer culture ever. And to be in a city like Boston, where there was so much happening all the time, and to be able to just kind of find that tribe, we always say Mm -hmm. in in the community, we need to find our tribe. Sure. To know that that could potentially be threatened by law is just insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, to me too. And I'm a a straight white woman, and I find it terrifying. Yeah, Yeah. Steve, what... Well, yeah, I think, um, well, one thing is that um, 
for me, um, this sort of seems like more of the same, particularly from the Republican Party with this legislation. Because I remember the 80s and you sort of saw um, how homophobia was used um, in a really cynical way to get out the vote, to mm -hmm. organize a base. So it, it, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that these laws um, have bubbled up again um, because you can go back throughout history. I mean, drag used to be against the law. I mean, this, is, this isn't a new concept. This, this isn't like they just invented it. This is sort of, they're trying to revert back the way things were about a hundred years ago. I was gonna ask you, when, when was that? Okay. I'm, yeah, in the 1920s, um, you know, to, to give you a little context, um, you know, you, sometimes in, in gay culture, they'll call Halloween gay Christmas, um, <laughs> whether LGBT people know or not. And one of the reasons why is that Halloween night was the one night of the year that the police would generally agree not to raid gay bars or drag bars. And um, because when you think back then, say through the 20s, um, same-sex couples dancing was against the law, serving gay and lesbian people alcohol was against the law, so-called cross-dressing was against the law. So um, these laws used to be in place and you can see how detrimental it would be to a community to drive them underground. Mm -hmm. And um, so not just the, the art form and free expression, but just a person's identity. Because um, mm -hmm. I think to Kaya's point, um, in my experience, um, especially when you're first coming out, drag queens have such a special role in gay culture. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of, um, I mean, in all kinds of ways, but when you first are coming out and, and you see drag queens, it's sort of this, com there's, there's sort of a comforting figure mm -hmm. um, and that, um, and sort of in their outrageousness, again, artistic expression aside, that you see someone living so boldly, it, it, it can't mm -hmm. help but rub off on you. Mm -hmm. So it has more than just, oh, isn't this funny or isn't this entertaining? It actually means, it means a great deal to people, mm -hmm. um, which is why uh, I can be so insulting on top of being scary. Mm -hmm. um, just because it, it's just based on such cynicism and bigotry and just straight up ignorance, like mm -hmm. capital I, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but to me, just briefly too, it's tied into everything. You look at people who would be supporting these laws, it's tied to white supremacy, it's tied to mm -hmm. Christian nationalism, it's tied to misogyny. It's just, it's, it's part and parcel of the same thing. It's the same, it's a multi-headed beast, and this is the one that's sort of getting all the attention, but it, it's all okay. tied together. Yeah, that's a really good point, Steve. Abortion mm -hmm. laws, it's all tied yeah. together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and, you know, what? I just want to circle back to something you said, and, and I had never thought of it, but you said it perfectly when you said that there's something comforting about drag queens, and I you know, again, I'm a, a straight white woman, but there's something to me then, you know, I live with a musician. And so I, you know, spend time, a lot of time, you know, before COVID, especially in P-Town. And I have to say the people that I would encounter who were, were drag artists were some of the kindest and warmest and most welcoming people and just always Smart. made me feel yeah kind of safe and okay and you know and I that's what is so shocking to me about this because it's like what the heck it's like these are really kind lovely people like why that you know and it, it's, um, I, I would if I can say if anything I think it's because no one knows how it feels to be bullied or ostracized or 
put into a corner more than people that have experienced that themselves. Mm -hmm. And you can sort of take a path. You can either take the path of, I'm going to take the high road and I'm going to take my experiences that I've had that have traumatized me as a person in my youth and change that narrative into something positive that could be used as a force Mm -hmm. for good. Mm -hmm. Or you can take all the bullying and all the negativity and internalize it and then become sort of the anti of that, which is, I don't want to see any gays. I don't want to see any Queens. I don't want to see any. And Mm -hmm. I've over my research that I've been doing recently, it's just not funny. Ha ha, but funny Strange, (laughs) strange that a lot of these people that are trying to pass a lot of these bills and things right now. I mean, it's not a secret that we all have smartphones now. It's not a secret that we all have access to the internet now. And I find it very funny that there are people that are pulling up pictures of all these senators and all these governors Mm -hmm. and things that are like, well, if you are trying to ban this, this was you 20 years ago. Yeah. Trying to yeah. ban this, but this was you 30, 40 years ago. And then to try to come back with the argument of, oh, well, it, it was different back then because <laughs> we weren't we weren't thinking about it in that way. We were just having fun. You just ruined your own argument because that's what we're doing right now. We're exactly. having fun. Exactly. We're trying to provide joy and happiness. And that's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's one of the things I think that makes it so such a cynical ploy is because over and over and over again, over the past decades, whenever you see a politician or, or um, a political party sort of find a scapegoat or create a boogeyman, um, you can see right through it. And you keep hearing how when you yeah. if you were to talk to these politicians one on one, they themselves don't even believe this. Exactly. You know, I remember you, when Barney Frank was in Congress, he would come out and say how many didn't care, but they know it raises money. They know it's easier to control people when they're afraid. They know mm-hmm. it's easier to manipulate someone's vote when you make them scared. And so you pick you pick the weakest people to pick on, and you pick um, perhaps a group of people that, for all kinds of reasons, um, lots of Americans have never met someone who was transgender mm-hmm. or who was a drag queen or who was gay or lesbian or bisexual. Like you pick someone, and then because um, often when people meet people who are very, very different and suddenly you're no longer abstract to each other, how can you be afraid of someone? How can you hate someone exactly. when they're not abstract anymore? You're they're sitting right in front of you. Exactly. And they're nice and they're harmless and that sweet part. and kind. But um, so they, they, they um, that's what I think as an individual, it's incumbent upon all of us that you consent continually have to educate yourself about people who are different from you because mm-hmm. that's exactly where the most cynical uh politicians go uh for money and for votes and so don't give them that power ever of any party Mm -hmm. no and what you were saying was so spot on steve because i've seen this in my own family i have a daughter-in-law who is latina and i you know and so i have a biracial granddaughter and my daughter is asian and you know i've you know worried for my own family too that you know because like you said, this isn't, you know, they're not stopping at, you know, drag queens and trans people. It's gay people. It's Jewish people. It's Asians. It's, you know, any yeah. person of color. And it's, um, 
it's or really terrifying. Honest, any any oppressed anything is I feel like where we're getting at right now. Anybody mm. that is oppressed, any oppressed anything, it's mm -hmm. just taking a small thing that in I feel like most people's minds would be innocuous, like drag queen story hour, for example, and mm. taking it and turning it into this massive destructive thing and of course it's all for the children all mm -hmm. for the children oh, what, I know. Our, what about our children what about our children but you know let people have guns and go to their schools and shoot them yeah right but all of a sudden <laughs> queens can't read to the kids okay yeah and uh if it's wild to me to think that and that's which is why i'm actually doing an event um this upcoming weekend all about what's going on in tennessee and what's going on in texas and me and all of my drag queen friends are just going to get together and we're going to have a sit down talk about what the actual ramifications of passing these bills is going to mean not for us but for the future mm -hmm. because there's going to be either a huge rebellion where all laws and all government are going to be thrown out i feel in my own personal opinion let me say for me for me mm -hmm. or there's going to have to be this meeting of the minds where both sides are going to have to come to the realization that you have gay people in your family too. Yeah. We all have gay people in our family. We all have lesbians in our families. We all have transgender people somewhere. If you mm -hmm. go back far enough in our own families. So I don't know how you can sit there and say that this is wrong and then go back home and sleep next to whoever you're sleeping next to and think that that's, okay mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think i think it would be interesting to see like with the next election because oftentimes Ooh, like yeah. people in power make make decisions that um actually don't represent the population and mm -hmm. I, I read a story yesterday in the miami herald and i thought i mean the story was good but i thought the lead was kind of buried because um governor ron DeSantis sent undercover agents to a drag show at the miami hyatt it was at christmas time it was a christmas themed drag show so there were kids there mm -hmm. and this the, the lead of the story was that the agents didn't find anything prob uh, problematic or or offensive uh, the, uh, with children there but because to me the lead of the, exactly but the lead of the story to me was wait a minute the governor of a state sent undercover agents to a show like it just was so spooky that it would just be so nonchalantly thrown out there in a story like, well, of course he did this, but that a, a governor would um, it would do that. Like, it's just, it, it's, you know, you don't want to get hyperbolic and that's always, yeah. always the concern, but I'm like, that's like a scene out of cabaret. Yeah. You know, the storyline, like, again, not to be overly dramatic, but I think sometimes you refer to things of the past because you want to see where along the way you could have stopped it. And it's it starts here with this with seemingly, um, you know, before people really get hurt, and before something really gets out of hand, um, mm -hmm. you nip this stuff in the bud. You know what it is. It's obvious what it is. So don't tolerate it for a second. So I, my point with the election is that when people actually go to vote and they're worried about how, you know, the cost of living and uh, mm -hmm. gun violence and, and all these things, I, I, I can't imagine a huge percentage of Americans walking in thinking like you know what my biggest problem is is a drag it's show a down drag. like it just exactly. blows my mind exactly. <laughs> i just want to quickly and reintroduce both of you um if you're just tuning in this is arts week on WOMR, and my guests are 
um, Kaya Crystal and Steve DeRoche, and, <laughs> and we're talking about the ongoing uh, demonization of drag um, that's happening nationwide. Um, so Kaya, I, I wanted to talk um, a bit about, you know, how you're feeling about this upcoming season and your own safety and your own, you know, what's what's going on. You know, it's it's gotta be scary. It is, it is, yes, in a way. Um, fortunately, where I live in Provincetown, Massachusetts, we have such a strong, strong community of mm -hmm. every walk of life that you could possibly imagine. Families, Portuguese fishermen, drag queens, um, upper society, you know, business owners, we have all that here. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that we have that not a lot of other places have is a general love of the arts. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think that that combines a lot of people's different beliefs, nationalities, backgrounds, social economic statuses into mm -hmm. one concentrated thing that we can all focus on, which is creating good art. Mm -hmm. And that I felt since I came here when I was 21 and now I'm 31. So hi, mm -hmm. 10 years, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one thing that I've noticed regardless of anything is the art itself needs to speak. It needs to be heard and it mm -hmm. needs to be witnessed because mm -hmm. we're realizing more and more. And especially over the past couple years, there really aren't too many places like Provincetown. Yeah. yeah. A beachside resort where you can bring your whole entire family, or if you don't want to, you can bring that one lover that you only get to see one time a year and have that moment where you can experience just being free and love, loved and accepted. And that's mm -hmm. like one of my main things about why I love this town so much, because mm -hmm. I, as a little black gay boy from Missouri with that, with a dream and a, and a voice can come through and all of a sudden turn into this magical queen mm -hmm. supported and loved <laughs> and is respected. Yeah. And even, you know, going away for the winter, which I did, I went to Palm Springs and had a very lovely time, but it was a very different experience than being mm -hmm. in a place where I know people and they know me mm -hmm. and to have to not reintroduce myself as this artist, this person, this, you know, LGBT like entity mm -hmm. getting to come back home after that and just be like revel in the gayness of it all mm -hmm. has been so has been so helpful it really has that's great well, I'm, glad. I'm glad now Steve I as I wondered you know as you um as you know an associate editor at Provincetown um, magazine how what your plans are on covering this topic mm -hmm. yeah well um I've been here a little over 20 years and I can say that drag oh. is what I'm I am, yeah, like, <laughs> I guess who's almost 50? Yeah. Um, so I, um, 21. <laughs> um, but over that time, drag by far and away has been the most consistent topic that I've written upon and all written about in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I think Promise Town Magazine will do, um, as well as the town will do as part of its response, is what it's been doing for the past hundred or so years. And that is presenting mm -hmm. some of the absolute best drag performers this country has mm -hmm. um, by far and away. And you can trace 
drag in Promistown back to, uh, there's evidence um, about the 1920s, if not a little sooner. Mm. Um, and, and, and in this modern understanding as a queer art form. So it's, it's every bit part of the art colony that painting is, that writing is, that theater is. It's been here as long, if not a little longer than other forms that people just assume as part of life mm -hmm. and artistic life in Provincetown. So just the sheer volume of it and the um, quality of it um, in and of itself is a really powerful answer to what's going on elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So in terms of coverage, co coverage of it, I can't see how it will be um, a story. It will be a thread throughout the season. Right, right, it's right. going to come up as it comes up. Um, in terms of how the performers choose to respond to it and how they choose to work it into their shows, um, how mm -hmm. it works into daily life, how, um, you know, the the cultural response of the town in general, because um, Kaya is a superstar. And um, <laughs> amongst, amongst other, I mean, she's um, distinguished herself. I know she's worked hard over 10 years, but that is still a relatively short amount of time to achieve mm -hmm. what she's achieved. Um, I say that and because it's true, but also because <laughs> I have far too much respect for drag queens to call myself one, mm -hmm. but I occasionally have do drag throughout the year myself mm -hmm. um, to the level that I do it. And I say that to mention that drag um, is really a rite of passage in Provincetown, not just mm -hmm. for the professionals who uh, create shows. It's a really liberating thing that you see people of, regardless of their sexuality or gender, you see people sort of dip their toe into it, even if it's mm -hmm. something as simple as buying a feather boa and walking around town, they're mm -hmm. embracing um, that aspect of life in Provincetown that um, you can be whoever you want to be, or you can pretend to be somebody else. Like it's just it's kind of, of like being of part of community. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, we have things like tea dance every day mm -hmm. that happen in multiple spots. We have brunches that happen in multiple spots and we have so many stores in town that cater to the people that just want a little extra sparkle, a little extra something that they can just mm -hmm. you know, put on and just feel the fantasy. That's what Provincetown's mm -hmm. all about. Just feeling the yeah. fantasy. And the strength yeah. will be in the community because I, I know that it, Provincetown can have, you can have this nervous energy in the back of your head at any given time after the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, you know, um, Back in the early days of the um, HIV AIDS epidemic, hate crimes went up in town. Um, really? You know, it is a place that you worry that someone um, or or people would come to make a point. But some of the strength, like our biggest armor is the community mm -hmm. and that people look out for each other. Um, things people speak up. That's not tolerated here. Don't talk like that. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that a significant number of visitors to town, um, you know, gay or straight, um, come for a lot of reasons, but one of which is to see LGBT culture in action. They mm -hmm. want to see it. Like that, that's a point of why they came. Mm -hmm. And particularly over the past 30 years, the drag shows have in and of themselves become every bit an attraction as are the beaches or mm -hmm. um, the art galleries. Like there are people who come to see a specific performer or just to see any drag show because mm -hmm. where they live, they can't. It's just not there. So mm -hmm. I do think that that is a big a thing that has always protected this community is that people will look out for each other very, very quickly, mm -hmm. whether they live mm -hmm. here year round or they're just here for the day. Mm -hmm. no, it's Not really going to happen. Stephen. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, you know, there, 
or two things I want to make sure that we get to cover. One is, Kaya, I want to give you a chance to talk about what you've got coming up this this summer. Yes, and, so much. Yeah, so much. You know what? We're not going to focus just on the negative. We're going to, like, the show goes on, literally. It must. <laughs> it must. It must. Yeah. And so for me, for this season, I am working with um, Frank Christopher from The Club, which is, mm-hmm. it used to be Pied Bar, uh, right across from Spiritus Pizza. And Leah Delaria bought it and turned it into a sort of jazz cabaret, lesbian nightlife club moment. Mm-hmm. And it's all live instrumentation, uh, seven nights a week, which wow. I would say is one of the most unique yeah. and probably underrated things about Provincetown that's come in the past few years. Because so many people come because they hear me or someone else singing, you know, the doors are open, the windows are open and everything. So they just hear this music mm-hmm. coming from off the street. And there, I can't tell you how many times people that have never been to Provincetown before have been walking down the street at night and they're like, oh, there's Spirit is Pizza. And then they hear music coming. They walk down the boardwalk and they're in- instantly transported into this 1930s, 40s cabaret style jazz space. Wow. And it's fabulous. And so from there, I'm going to go to the Crown and Anchor as well. Wow. Very interested in hooking up with Jonathan uh, Hawkins and Paolo Martini, who are the new owners. Mm-hmm. And they have done so much work, even over the past year, to just update mm-hmm. the crown. You know, just yeah. update it. And I'm very excited to see what this new year is about to bring. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, Keep a lookout for Kaya Crystal. I know. And so for, and for people who don't, if they're looking for your name on a flyer or something, it's Q-Y-A. Yes, it is Q-Y-A-C-R-I-S-T-A-L. Kaya Crystal. Yes. So I want to make sure that we get that out there. Thank you. So what I, you know, I want to end with like, you know, because I always like to be a person of hope and it's like, what, what can we all do? to help and to support people in this community and and across the board. And, you know, is it writing to politicians? I mean, in Massachusetts, I feel like we're pretty well covered, probably, hopefully. Um, But um, yeah, what can people do to make themselves feel like I'm I'm trying to help give voice? Spread the word, spread the word, take pictures, Mm -hmm. take videos, Mm-hmm. And as long as it's you know permitted by the venue, take as many pictures and videos as you can of any drag show that you see, because mm-hmm. we believe what's in our eyes. We believe what we see. So the more mm-hmm. videos we have of people just coming to brunches, coming to drag shows, coming to drag queen story hours, and taking mm-hmm. videos of what really goes on, <laughs> yes. and then posting them to social media, people won't be able to argue it because it's in their face it's It's in their eyes yeah take as much social media as you can and hashtag drag queens hashtag rupaul's drag race because that's really popular hashtag local drag queens you know anything drag related take videos pictures and hashtag it because clearly there's a whole other sect of people that just don't want to see it at all and aren't willing to take the time to actually Mm -hmm. watch any of these videos that we are doing. So if we mm-hmm. put that in their face to where they can't deny it and they have to watch it because it comes up on their feed, their timeline, whatever, they will see that we mm-hmm. are not trying to do anything 
mm-hmm. other than just be ourselves. Yeah. That's I, it. And make I'd other help. people happy. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, to end on a hopeful point, I agree that, you know, especially specifically to Provincetown, if you've never come to Provincetown and seen a drag show, come and buy a ticket and go see oh, a drag my. show and support it. Yeah. But to, to Kaya's point, reframe the argument. Don't meet someone who's trying to defend these laws and argue about it from that perspective. As Kaya said, show the positivity of it. The crea- mm-hmm. the creativity of these performers blows your mind. Yeah. The reality um, of it. Amazing. Yeah. The reality of it is like, and, and focus, if you focus on the positive and you keep showing what a great art form this is and all that it entails, um, I think that's the most powerful argument um, in addition to voting and voting your values um, exactly. that can support it. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like don't even bother to sort of address the negative aspects of what these mm-hmm. fools are talking about. Just uh, accentuate the positive and keep showing it and keep repeating it. That Steve, I could not have crafted a better ending than that. It's uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I can't thank you both, Kaya, Steve, for coming and talking to me. Um, I'm really, I'm so grateful. And thank um, you. And have an amazing season, Kaya. And I thank will you, have honey. To get my butt to P Town and come see you. <laughs> Let me know. I will get you a VIP ticket to whatever show you want to see, honey. Oh I my God. To- oh my God. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm so excited now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And we'll see you again next time on Arts Week. Au fait, j'ai voulu te téléphoner pour te demander quelque chose, quoi.